0: Welcome, everybody, to the Young Guns Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Hassman. Now, this podcast is originally, I created this about a year and a half, almost like two years ago, and a lot has happened. I'm sure there'll be an episode with an update of what I have been up to, um, but I thought, what's a better time than right now? We're quarantined. Um, The whole coronavirus is going on, so we got lots of time, and I thought, what's a better way to bring up the podcast again? Um, Along the past couple of years, I've met an amazing amount of people, have been through a lot of ups and downs, and uh, for the comeback episode, I thought, why not bring on one of my really good friends, one of my uh, business partners, and one of my business mentors, Graham Bouvier. So, Graham is a serial entrepreneur. This guy has nine companies. Yes, nine companies. Not like little companies. He's not like he's like, oh yeah, I have this little company, this little company. These are nine big successful companies and he's only 27 years old. Now that's a true Young Gun. We refer to him as Young Gun Graham. He is a part of the Young Gun clan. (laughs) And um, Graham is also a mentor to hundreds of students. He teaches mindset coaching, business consulting, and uh, I'm a part of all of that. And uh, it has been um, huge in uh, my personal growth as well as business growth. So, Graham, super excited to have you on here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I love how you introduced me as Young Gun Graham at Food uh, Pumps. <laughs> absolutely
0: (laughs) yeah we were just we were were joking before the podcast about introducing him as young gun graham he's a he's a he's a true young gun in the young gun clan so it's it's awesome so yeah we're on um, the
1: podcast now it's
0: official yeah things are absolutely official now so graham um going back to the topic um there's good times and then there's bad times in business obviously you know, when people might meet you or, you know, they see videos of you online, they're going to see a lot of stuff about all the businesses you have, the success. But obviously behind that, there, there was a lot of times on the come up where there were bad times and there were good times. So why don't you get a little bit into that? Um, when you first starting out those first couple of years, what were some of the bad times that you had to go through or what were some bad encounters?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I started off as an entrepreneur, probably like five, six years ago. So I've only had one job. I worked at the soccer center here in uh, Saskatoon. I guess I had one other job. I worked as a painter for college pro painting for about two months. And after those two months, like the franchise, owner for college pro painters, those, those of you that don't know, college pro painters, what it is, is just like a bunch of student run franchises for painting companies. And, I did that for two months. The guy really likes me that was running the franchise wanted me to take on a business in Saskatoon. The next summer I kind of heard about all the franchise fees and stuff like that. I was pretty like, screw it. I'll do it on my own. So me and a buddy partnered up and kind of ran with it for that summer. We, we just painted ourselves. I think we had like one employee or something, but we were just going by the seat of our pants. And then the next summer after that, um, he wanted to kind of stick with more of the painting stuff. I wanted to grow the business. So I partnered up with one of my good friends and he was in business. His name is Colton. And me and Colton kind of took it to like an actual business. And I'll, I'll start on this with like the bad times because there was a lot of bad times. And this is like the first time I actually like was in the entrepreneurial world. And we were like running by the seat of our pants. Like it was from one fire to the next. There was no structure whatsoever. Like there was hiring processes that we did not have. So we didn't have any like employee contracts or anything like that. So like we were getting hit with like people coming after us for overtime and like extra wages and payroll was always like we're on the cusp of not making payroll. Like there was no systems whatsoever. It was literally just so stressful. And we did that for about like two years. We're doing it during school too. So we had a lot going on and that was like one of the big things is we weren't really like fully focused on it. And obviously if you got a business, you gotta you gotta put some time into it. And we just didn't give it as much time as we probably should have. So after those after that oh sorry, did I cut out there, Tyler?
0: Yeah, but you're back now.
1: Yeah. Okay, sweet. Um so after those two years, two and a half years, Colton decided to go and work for his- So he um, he went and worked for them. And then after that, I was kind of like at a crossroads. Okay, do I stick with like this painting thing? Do I stick with the business that honestly wasn't going that well? Like, I don't even know how much we made. We didn't make much the first year. I think second year, kind of like a break even. And then the third year, maybe we made like 40,000 or something. And like we were working 16 hour days. Like it was ridiculous. So I was at a crossroads, didn't know if I should keep going or not. And then I met my current partner, Jay, was just coming out of a business relationship with his parents. And he had run a huge company, 120 guys, um, really big into like the commercial world. And I, I could not get into the commercial world. Me and Colt were just doing residential stuff. So Me and Jay partnered up and then we started taking on some commercial projects. I remember the first time we sent out a bid, like the most me and Colton had ever done for like one single project was maybe like $25,000. And then Jay, the first job that we bid to, I don't know him too well either. Like we met on patio at Shoeless Joe's having drinks. We just had mutual friends. First bid we sent out was a hundred grand and I was (laughs) hitting my pants I was so scared He's like oh just do it it's not a big deal like we'll find guys we'll do this do that because he was just like in that world so he understood it and for me like I had no sense whatsoever like the hundred grand was just insane so that first year I think we did like a million dollars it was not a good million dollars by any means like same thing with Colton just like running from like one fire to the next but just like more money now so higher stakes, bigger problems. And it probably went on for about two years. Like we got up to like $3 million and it was just like so stressful. You see it really bad stress headaches and it was just like nonstop work and like did not really see any returns. It was just like. One so what would,
0: what would you say? I had to cut you out there because I wanted to know like the stress headaches you're getting. What were some of the main stressors as you were uh, as you were going through all this?
1: like the main thing was just always having something else to do. Like it was micromanaging. So not truly trusting the people that we had put in place. And because of that, I felt like I had to do everything. So it was running from one thing to the next, just like complete overwhelm. There's right. just so much going on that you can't control it all when there's that much going on.
0: Right. And this, and for those of you that are listening right now, Like this business is like a construction. Like you're doing the painting, the drywall. That's the kind of stuff you're doing, right? Like this is the labor-intensive
1: work. Yeah. So we do about like 95% commercial work and drywall paint.
0: Right. So you're really running around getting all this going on. So a lot of that's coming from um, doing everything yourself, which a lot of people get stuck into doing, and I'm most definitely um, bad for that. Which is I'm thankful for you uh, for helping me out with that, but. Um okay continue on continue on.
1: Okay. So after that point me and Jay um we kind of like knew something had to change and we Sorry, I keep getting calls here. We joined up with this company called Breakthrough Academy and they really helped us pretty much become a business. So they helped us with systems, helped us with structure, cash flow planning, All the stuff that we were struggling with, they really helped us with it. So hence why mentorship is so important and literally cut like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't know how much money they saved us, but going with them just like completely. We finally were able to spend a lot more time working on the business instead of in the business. So like I was talking about, instead of micromanaging everything, I really trusted that people that we had hired were the right people they did their thing and from there like we've grown we're at seven million now in revenue and it's a lot healthier like I'm I can honestly say I don't really do too much like I kind of just sit there and look pretty Jay's pretty involved in operations (laughs) he likes that stuff so yeah checks out sites and whatnot but I just kind of like work on the business and kind of just make us better all the time so
0: Right. And how many, how many years did that take? Like when did you start yeah, was, working more so on breakthrough Academy? Like when did all that happen from where you started till then?
1: We were like, we've been with BTA probably for two and a half years. And it's like night and day, like how much our business has changed. And before that we were in business for three and a half years. And like, I can honestly say we would have been out of business within the fourth year.
0: Wow. Okay. So you went three years of nonstop working in the business and were you making much money at the time during those three years
1: no it was like break
0: even like Like, what about personally
1: oh yeah i was taking out like a salary but okay yeah yeah um, yeah but the company itself
0: is breaking even and
1: you're working nonstop. really yeah and like when i say running from one fire to the next it was literally like if this thing doesn't go well like fuck who knows where we're going to get our next paycheck to cover payroll like it was literally a big fire
0: and was that did you expect any of that going into starting this business back when um you and your business partner you know were just starting to paint a few houses and
1: stuff did you expect it to get to that no i wanted to be a doctor this was just supposed to be a little side gig to make some money
0: oh wow that's that's insane and so what what would you say has helped You're going through these, you know, you basically start up this company and you start taking on bigger contracts and the bigger contracts, the more money that's involved. But Then obviously, um, while you're working in the business, trying to do it all, you're getting a lot of weight on your shoulders, right? You got a lot of stress, a lot of like weight and all of this, it seems like happened pretty quick too, for how much, um, it was getting bigger. So what, um, before you got on to breakthrough Academy, what was kind of keeping you going and keeping you sane? Like what made you keep on pushing and keep on growing it? Rather than just like giving in to the stress headaches and just like, you know, not growing it and not continuing.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Like in, uh, in thinking grow rich and we'll kind of get into the personal development world after I'm sure. But one of the big things that Napoleon Hill mentions is like the fear of criticism or the fear of failure. And I can honestly say like, that was one of the big reasons I didn't stop is just because all these people that told me like, Oh, you shouldn't do it. It's like it's going to be hard running a business like just so many people said i couldn't do it it was pretty much like no screw you guys like i'm going to do this thing so i almost just like willed my way to the finish line
0: okay so the the fear of failure it really kept you going yeah big time absolutely and so breakthrough academy um would you say that was one of the one of the top like good moments or the good times um of the beginning You know, finding out about them and them helping you, or did you was was there anything previous to that that was like you know a home run or some uh, a super good high?
1: Yeah, I can kind of go like past Breakthrough Academy too, and kind of go into the personal development world if you want, because that's kind of where things. Yes, let's let's talk
0: about that. Let's talk about that.
1: So yeah, I joined up with BTA, like I said, probably two and a half years ago. And that was really like the first, yeah, like big, uh aha, this is awesome. Like I can actually do this. It gave me some hope. And even when I was going through BTA though, I wasn't really like passionate with what I was doing, like running a paint and drywall company. No one like dreams of being a painter in a drywall when they're older, let's be honest. So (laughs) when I was, when I was doing that, I didn't like, I had, didn't have my purpose per se. And when I it was about a year after BTA, he was at the weirdest of all places. He was at a poker game and I met one of my current mentors. His name is Dave Conway and he was a Proctor Gallagher consultant. So he works for, for Bob, for Bob Proctor. And he was kind of like saying some things to me at this poker game that like really piqued my interest, went for a coffee with him and joined one of his mastermind groups, which is called Lead the Field. And it's all, that's one thing I do now is I teach uh, people on mindset, and that's all what lead the field was. It was seven of us in there and just for like once a week talked about goal setting, talked about paradigms, really talked about self-image and all these different concepts that I was so foreign to that like completely changed my life. And I, I really found my passion when I was in that group That. I really enjoyed running companies. I enjoyed creating the structure, enjoyed creating the systems. I enjoyed creating a good business because when I had a good business, I could give back to the employees and the people that helped make that business good. Like, I think it's so fulfilling when somebody in your company goes and like buys a house based on the work that he's done for you. Like you've paid him, he goes and buys something. I think that's so cool. So I really found a passion for like creating companies because that was my purpose. So when I was in lead the field, I, I had a goal of getting 10 companies and I had 10 companies like within eight months. Now it's down to nine and we let one go. So it was crazy how quick it happened to once I was aligned with my purpose because it wasn't like willing myself to the finish line. Like I mentioned before, It was more like I was aligned with my purpose. I really enjoyed doing it. I was excited for what I was doing and it was just like a lot smoother. And when I'm talking about like um, going through all these trials and tribulations, like as a business, I always knew like I was really aligned with my goals. So those ups and downs were so much easier to go through.
0: Absolutely. So it sounds a lot like once you're more aligned with your purpose and everything, your, your whole perspective and mindset changes on, on what you're doing and your whole oh. daily work, right? And I mean, you, you even helped, uh, grandma's helped me most definitely with that as well. Um, with one of our companies, the Airbnb company, there was times where I was working so much in the business or even in my previous, previous company of apartment buildings, I was working so much in the business of managing, doing property management and getting these people, you know, getting tenants inside there and dealing with toilets and like, you name it. And I was like, man, do I hate real estate? I'm like, I want to get out of real estate. Like, what? I, this is awful. But then, what I realized once Graham has helped me, and of course, was switching around my paradigms and just my whole um, perspective of my my purpose and my skills and gifts is to start up and grow companies and uh, bring on people and grow a team. That's what gets me fired up. You know, I would I would love to just sit in and in, uh, in an office all day or sit somewhere and just make calls and do all the emails and like build it all that way rather than physically have to do all these other chores. And once that changed for me, same thing, you know, there's a lot of stuff that comes up, but it's, I'm a lot more happy to take on these things, you know? So that's a, that's a huge change for you. And um, how quick, once you started realizing all this, how quick did you transition from working in your business to working on your business?
1: Um. Like probably I'd say once I joined up with BTA, it probably took about three, no, probably about six months until I was kind of like barely working in the business and just more on the business, creating the systems and it, well before BTA, like I was 100% in the business and that's the problem too, is like entrepreneurs focus so much in the business that they can't really grow the company. They don't really know like the whole overview because they're so focused on either like doing the work or getting the work or like finding a paycheck. Like they don't have a broad view of everything going on because they're so focused on one thing because there's no structure or systems in place. And that's why so many people fail in business too, is because they're so like, so focused on one problem. When you have a business and a business is like so multifaceted, there's so many different things that are going on. And if you can't have that bird's eye view of the company, it's really hard to have a successful company.
0: That is very powerful what you just said there. Very, very powerful. And
1: yeah, this um, is a really good book, too. I just want to recommend. like, Yeah, it's called absolutely. The Emeth. The I, I forget who it's by, but it's like, a rock solid book. And it talks about that, how most business owners are, are people that like come from say like, I'll use myself for example, like they're a painter. So they, they're working for somebody. They know how to do the whole aspect of the job. They know how to paint walls. They know how to um, get, get the price because they know how long it should take them. And then they're like, oh screw it. I'm not going to work for this guy any longer. I can do it on my own and then make a little bit more money. So they go and do it but then they don't realize that when you're running a business, there's everything else involved. You have to deal with payroll, you have to deal with marketing, you have to deal with estimates, you have to deal with all these different things, but all that person knows how to do is paint walls. So it's pretty tough for them to actually run a good company.
0: And one thing is too, is uh, you most definitely told us this, is that um, we can become our, our, the biggest bottleneck of our own companies. Mm -hmm. that's the thing a lot of the times you know the yourself or the person running the company is the biggest bottleneck and once you start releasing that and releasing other giving more trust to other people and hiring it out the business is all going to grow you know and we most definitely have seen that and it can be scary for sure to start giving trust to um other people but then also having to take on payroll and paying people as well you know Um, most definitely for us, that was like hiring our virtual assistant for the Airbnb company when, you know, you made it very easy for us to do that because that was our hiring our first person, right? You've hired many people in the past and are very familiar with it. But for me personally, I was like, Whoa, you know, we're going to be bringing this person on. We're going to trust this person. We got to pay them monthly, no matter what, if we make or lose money, like, Oh, wow. But now it's like the greatest thing ever. And we're looking to hire like way more. And it's the productivity and our our um, business and our finances has all grown drastically because of that. And uh, you know that that was very very important. Now the next thing is too is a lot of people are probably you know the, the majority of people that are listening to this podcast, people that are more so starting out their businesses, right? So at what point do you start focusing? Because at the first part, you have to obviously work in your business to get the thing going, right? Create it and get everything rolling. But at what point do you feel like you need to start transitioning to working on the business? Like for you, was there a certain point, like a certain like aha moment or was it like, should have you started doing that earlier
1: or what do you think of that? Yeah. Like I think the whole point of business is to get yourself out of the company, like to get it running in a way that you don't have to be there at all. Like have it as an asset. And I was actually talking to somebody about this today that runs a, a big software company. And he says that we should be like as business owners trying to predict the future. So trying to make sure that the systems, the people, everything that you have in place kind of has a predictability, like a predictable result. So my answer to that would be, I'd say as soon as possible, like as soon as you have money and are making like enough that you can hire somebody. I would say bring someone on board because the quicker you can train that person, the more you can delegate to them, the more you can focus on high level tasks. And the more you focus on high level tasks, the more you're going to be able to build up the company and make more money and hire somebody else. So I think you should always be focusing on like how to systematize the business in order for it to grow. Because if you're always working in the business, then you're always going to be working in the business.
0: Very okay. true. And it, it gets to a point where you got to see, you got to sit there and ask yourself and see, are you, are you an employee to your own business? I feel like that was, uh, I forget I forget when it was or who it was, but they, they re- reminded me like way back on my first uh, real estate company. They're like, Tyler, you're, you're not a business owner. You're an employee to your own, you're an employee to yourself. And that and was awful. That sucked. And uh, and the thing is, too, with putting in all these systems that you're talking about and making sure you're, you're, you're the one growing the company and you're the business owner, um, then for selling the company, there's a lot more opportunity as well, right? Because if yep. you're the one doing everything and running the thing and you go to sell it, there's really no asset like you're talking about, right?
1: Right. Absolutely. And
0: another thing is, too, is um, I forget what book it is, but they're talking about, uh, oh, I think it was the four-hour work week when it's – um, um I think I, I gotta remember what book it was, but they're talking about like uh, trains, you know, like there's the people that run all the, there's the people that work on the train and there's the people that make sure the train runs on time. And then there's the train owner. He's sitting at home, but he's the one making all the money. And that once I heard that analogy, um, that really changed a lot for me. Um, So, so here you are, you you start out this company and you're working so much in the business, stress headaches. It's like, you know, um, so much going on and then you uh, meet up with this, was it a consulting form, the BTA, 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 consulting consulting form. Okay, perfect. And then that changes a lot of things for you. Uh, You start working more on the business than in the business. Um, And then obviously times are getting a lot better by this time. You know, you've kind of been through, obviously there's always stuff that happens, but um, it sounds like getting stress headaches and working nonstop sounds pretty bad. Um, oh, yeah. now what about the, the good times that came after that and the good times you're seeing right now, like what, I know yeah. that, uh, obviously finding your purpose with building these businesses has brought a lot of happiness, but what else are some of the top, like, uh, good times that you're seeing right now through all your businesses?
1: Uh, obviously the money is good. Um, that's a good perk to it. The, the, just the freedom is, I think, why people go into entrepreneurship and business for themselves is just to create the time freedom. And it's, it's funny that we were talking about that before. Like so many people just like buy themselves a job when they go into business. And the whole point of them going into business is to have more time. So this past year I traveled for 24 weeks, which was, was awesome. So I went to a bunch of different conferences and was kind of all over the place And I'm still pretty, like, involved in the business. Like, don't get me wrong. I got a really good pulse of what's going on. But it just allows me more freedom to go do whatever else I want, which is really cool. And one one thing I wanted to say on the hiring, too, is so many times when people hire other staff, they micromanage them so much. And one story that will always stick with me is Colton's dad, actually. His name's Cliff he told me this story about when he hired the secretary and she was like a week into the job and Cliff was, he's really big on just like taking time off away from the business. And he was going away for two weeks to, I don't know where. And he left his cell phone with her and pretty much said like, here you go. Like just, if there's any problems, figure it out. And she's like, well, what happens if it's like a serious problem? And then Cliff just looked at her and he's like, if it's a serious problem, you can't figure it out. Like, I know I haven't hired the right person. <laughs> He's gone for two weeks. he solved it. She's been like with him for, I don't know how long, like a couple years now. But when you hire somebody, let them do their job. And then if they seriously like fuck up that bad, then obviously you can step in. Yeah. But, but yeah, like if you hire someone, trust yourself that you've hired the right person and you've done the right due diligence and don't micromanage them. Like, let them solve it on their own too and then you create such a better team doing it that way too and,
0: and nobody wants to be micromanaged either you know no. as an employee like you know when i was an employee it's like no i want to do my own thing and be micromanaged is the worst thing ever so it's it's a win-win for sure for that um yeah. at the start did you ever find yourself micromanaging some of your employees
1: oh big time yeah like when we were uh when it was me and colton and even me and Jay at the start before Breakthrough Academy, like, I think that's why we were so stressed out is just because we were trying to control everything. We didn't really trust anyone. We were just, we had our pulse on every little thing. And obviously you can't when you're, you're running a big business, like there's just no way. So,
0: Oh, absolutely. And so were all of those bad times, all of those stress headaches, all those like, you know, nonstop working in the business was all of that worth it to get to where you are now.
1: Yeah. Big time. And like, I'm a firm believer in going through really hard times. And those who know me too, like, I love to take risks and I love to push myself to the limits because I think those are the times that you grow the most. So as Uh, shitty as I say, those times are like, that is probably where I grew the most. And I wouldn't be the guy I am today if I didn't go through those. And usually if you look back on any of your past moments, like whether you go through, um, bankruptcy or like a bad breakup someone passes away whatever it may be whatever like hard times you have you look back those are probably the times that you grew the most
0: so at the i really like that like at the time you might be seeing them as bad you know you're getting literally stress headaches you're like when is this going to end where is this even going but when you look back now you're very you're very grateful for those times because it created um who you are now and obviously fixed your business right
1: um oh, yeah.
0: and I, that's even like like uh, me person me my personally and in my business 2019 was like getting punched in the gut and there was this and that and it was like non-stop but now I look back and I've never been so grateful for it right but mm-hmm. at the time like uh I was like ah oh, I hate this it felt like the bad times were every single hour and it wasn't ever ending and I didn't know if the good times were ever going to come And like, uh, Graham brought this up when we were in Costa Rica, like, um, uh, like a month ago and Graham was telling me, so I was going through such a bad time. What I thought was a bad time. It wasn't actually a bad time. You guys, it's just me being an entrepreneur thinking everything's bad. Um, and I literally, I got a parking ticket in Toronto and it was just, there was so much stuff going on. I was just so mad. And then I get this parking ticket. And I was like breaking down. I called Graham and I was, just, I was just like, I'm done, man. I'm done. I'm done doing this Airbnb stuff. I'm done doing real estate. I'm going back home. And he's like, man, what happened? Like what, like, what? And I'm like, I got a parking ticket and I'm just so fed up right now. And obviously Graham helped me out. That's what's awesome about having a mentor like him. And everything ended up becoming amazing. But during that time in Toronto, it felt like every day was a bad time. And uh, now I look back and I'm so grateful for all that. Um, But if there's one thing I got, I got to say, I know that, um, you know, you're the guest on here, but I got to say that the, the now, after going through the bad, obviously there's always bad times, right? Like you're still, you still have Mm -hmm. bad times that happen, right? I mean, it's never ending as life, but now I feel like since I've been through so much and, and I've had mentors and have mentors like you, um, that make me aware that, hey, this does make you stronger, it will, good days are to come. And this is just part of it. Now, whenever there are bad times, or I'm going through bad times, I handle it so much better. You know what I mean? Where now, if I'm going through a bad time, and I get a parking ticket, I'm not gonna like call it quits. You know, I'm just gonna be all good with it. So um, <laughs> that, that is for sure. Um, a really good piece of advice. And um, the, I think a big thing too with going through bad times is knowing your purpose and the end goal, like, um, and having all your different goals. Like, a big one, Graham, let's talk about this now, is your C type goals. Because, like, personally, I now have such strong C type goals, which Graham will get into now, and I have it as a screensaver on my phone. So, whenever I am going through bad times, I look at my goal card and I know, okay, this is why I'm doing this and this is what I'm after. And I, get emotionally attached to what that feels like having that end goal and then that makes me push through these bad times because i know the good times are ahead so graham why don't you talk about um the c-type goals and that whole goal setting thing that can help Mm -hmm. others get through these bad times
1: yeah big time okay so c-type goals are something that bob proctor came up with and and those of you that don't know bob bob's like world-class in mindset coaching. I, I think he's the best out there. He's 86. He's been studying Think and Grow Rich for like 57 years. It's, it's crazy. And there's this program called Thinking into Results, which we teach, which is kind of like Bob's modern day take on the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Anyways, the C-type goal is, there's three types of goals. There's an A-type goal, which is something you already know how to do. So say you're a car salesman. And you, your best month is five, five cars. And the next month you want an A type goal would be sell another five cars. You already know how to do it. There's no growth. Then a B type goal would be something that you stretch towards, but you kind of know how to get there. So maybe it's 15 car sales in a month, but you know, like Bob is going to buy three cars and Doug's going to buy five this month. And like, if everything comes together, then you're going to get the 15 cars. But you can kind of piece it together in your mind. You, you kind of know how it's going to happen. And then a C-type goal is something you have no idea how to get to. So maybe it's like 100 car sales in a month. So going from five car sales to a month, all the way up to 100, no idea how to get there. And the whole point of a C-type goal is to get you to think different. So when you have a C-type goal that's that big and you have no idea how to get it, You have to start entertaining different ideas. You have to start thinking about different ways to get there. And when you do that, you start operating on a higher level of awareness. And the big thing with C-type goals too is because like Tyler was mentioning, there's so many ups and downs. It's really important to get emotionally connected to that goal because there's so many ups and downs in business and in life in general that if you're not emotionally connected to that C-type goal, those lows could break you so once you're really passionate about about it once you like really love that c-type goal and there's so many ways to do it like visualizing and writing out goal cards and like was mentioning, like screensavers constantly reminding yourself about that c-type goal and what it's going to be like once you get there it helps you push through those lower times but that being said the whole purpose of a goal isn't to get it like the end result, it's to grow into that person. So if you're going from a car salesman that's making five car sales a month, all the way up to a hundred, you're going to have to grow so much as a human being. You're going to be a lot more resourceful. You're going to be a hell of a lot better salesman. Um, there's so many traits that you're going to develop on that journey to a hundred car sales that that's the real purpose of life, I think, is to to grow and to contribute. So when you have those big C-type goals, you are growing, you should. And usually, most human beings are like to think good people, so they're contributing, they're giving something when they go after those big C-type goals in in a level of service.
0: I like what you said there with um, you know bringing you through those bad times, having those goals, and having the goals. Um, as a screensaver on your phone or having a goal card which you have mm-hmm. because Absolutely. then it's always it's always accessible like <laughs> you can you can write down a goal and then not carry it around with you and then you're going through a bad time you're not going to see it but for me personally i have it right on my phone screen when I, you know what i mean I, I see it all the time nonstop. it's always a, a reminder and i remember it's been a over a year ago when me and graham first met in vegas and we're walking through the Wynn hotel and he's like what's your c-type goal I didn't even know what a C-type goal was. And it was simply to make like a uh, it would make a certain amount of money. And he was like, no, that's that's your A-type goal. Like, you know how to do that. And he starts hitting me with all these questions. And I'm like, wow, I really don't have any goals. I'm like shooting at the hip here. I don't really, you know. I I thought I had goals, and then I really didn't. And uh, that really changed a lot for me. And it was funny because then I asked Graham that, and he pulls out this piece of paper from his pocket. And he's like, here's my goals. And he's carrying <laughs> around a goal card. It has... His, uh, his business goals, his personal goals and all this stuff. And he carries around everywhere with him. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, and that's, I feel like that, that's the, those are the certain things that you need to do, go above and beyond um, as an entrepreneur to do, because, you know, it's going to make you stronger for when these times do happen, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, big time. And, and the whole point of like a goal card too, or like having it on your screensaver or wherever it is that you can see it all the time, is because when you see it like multiple times, you build up that repetition. And then when you build up that repetition, Tyler mentioned it early on the call, you develop these things called paradigms. And paradigms are just a multitude of habits that are fixed in your subconscious mind. So your subconscious mind, you just do things without even realizing it, it just kind of takes over. So a good example is like when you're driving a car when you're 16 years old you're like very consciously aware of what's going on. You know, like the speed limit, your hands are at like, I don't know, is it nine and three o'clock? They're like, right on the steering wheel. 10 and 20. 10 and 20, sure. (laughs) You You know what's going on. You know everything. And by the time you're 18, you're like talking on your cell phone. You're talking to your buddies. You're eating. You're like doing all this stuff. And like when you get to your destination, you don't even realize how you got there. You're just on autopilot. It's your subconscious that took over. And it's the same thing with goal setting to a certain degree is the more times you have a goal card that constantly reminds you of where you're going or screensaver, you constantly see it. When you build up that repetition before you even know it, your subconscious just takes over and you start going in the direction of that C type goal without you even realizing it, you just start acting. that way. So it's a, uh, it's super important and super easy just to get like a little piece of paper, write out a gold card, laminate it, put it in your pocket. Every time you touch it, when you pull out your wallets, every time you go to bed, obviously you're going to take it out of your pocket and just like that constant reminder of, Oh yeah, like I'm going towards this.
0: That's it's, I want to share a personal story too about that is um, I remember when we first, uh, you know, got uh, started getting uh, mentored by you guys, in uh, the Results Club and learning all that stuff by Bob, uh, Bob Proctor, uh, my C-type goal, one of them, was to have a hotel in Costa Rica. And I remember, this is back in March. It would have been March of 20, uh, 2019, so last year in March. And I remember at the time, I was like, I have no idea how this is going to happen because like just the situation I was in and you know where things were going, I just really didn't see it, um, how that was going to happen. And... Little like within seven months, seven, eight months, here it is. I had it within on, I think it was October 17th. We signed a contract for a hotel in Costa Rica. And I had my C it was crazy because my C type goal was written down. I was expecting to get it, you know, a few years from now or something. And I was like, wow, it's crazy how things aligned that quickly. But like Graham is saying, you know, you have it there, you have it in your subconscious, you just built it into you. Things just happen. And it literally happened out of nowhere. So it was really, um, obviously there was a lot of work involved that built up to it, but it was one of those things that, you know, back in March when I was writing down the goal, if you would have said seven months from now, you'll have that. I would have said there's absolutely no way, absolutely no way. So I I see that being very, very powerful. So Graham, um, do you want to share with, uh, with everyone, what your uh, C type goal is for your business as well as personal? Cause I know having a personal C type goal is pretty big too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I got two right now. And the, the crazy thing is, I just want to kind of share this too. Like once you start doing this stuff, you literally live in a goal card. Like it's insane. Like it has to happen like by law, like our universe. And I kind of go into like the Harry Fairy stuff here for a bit, but like our universe is just built on laws. So once you have that goal card, once you start repeating it over and over, like it, it absolutely has to happen. And I know like, well, Tyler, like that's the Costa Rica resort. It's like a crazy story. And I know like countless other people that just have like these amazing stories and just like things that are so out of left field that happen. Like I'll talk about Parker's story. So Parker's my business partner now in Results Club, like Tyler mentioned, um, our consulting company. And he had a, res- um, a goal of doing 10X for his real estate business. And he did like a $500,000 project and wanted to do a $50 million project. No, sorry, he did a $5 million project, wanted to do a $50 million, that's 10x. And he went down to a Tony Robbins event, Date with Destiny, met a realtor from Saskatoon that set him up with his mentor in Saskatoon, and he put together like this whole deal for him which was worth like 52 million or something. So it was right at that 10 X mark. And he said like, just the stuff that happened that got on there is like absolutely mind blowing. He's like, he's building the project right now. Like it's a done deal. Like it's so cool how this stuff happens and how it works.
0: And I, I feel like it, it's literally the universe. I, and it's funny because a lot of people listening that aren't really in tune with this stuff, they might be like, what are these guys talking about? You know, but it's so true. And you listen to any successful person. It's all about the laws of the universe. And a similar thing with me with the resort in Costa Rica. Out of nowhere, this local Costa Rica guy, uh, Calvin, who actually works for us now. Him, out of nowhere, he was like, hey, my friend has a hotel. We should go look at it. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, let's go. So we, I hopped on my bike. He hopped on his motorbike. And uh, Jade was with us too, obviously. And we went and looked at this hotel. And we're like, this is it this is it and we went to bed that night being like how on earth did this just randomly happen like how you know what i mean and laws of the universe right there
1: oh yeah it's it's insane it's insane how it works like so many stories it's it's crazy and that also goes to we'll get to your c-type goals really
0: quick i want to talk about the uh it goes to show two about Um, When you're going through those bad times, you know Napoleon Hill wrote about it. Usually, when you're you're at your lowest point or going through the worst of times, that's when you have your biggest breakthrough. And I feel like that is very true, and that's why having those goal cards are very, very important to, like we said, remind you so you keep on going, you keep on going, you keep on going, Mm -hmm. and then boom, you're gonna happen. It's gonna happen, right? So those bad times, you know, there's a lot of good things that can happen in those bad times. Um, But let's let's hear your C type.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remembered. I remember what I was gonna say. So. Like you said, lots of people are probably listening and they're like, oh, like, this is like, kind of just way out there. Oh, right. yeah. um, Think and Grow Rich, which I mentioned before, is a book by Napoleon Hill. And for those of you that aren't familiar with it, Andrew Carnegie, the first billionaire in the States, he was an immigrant from Italy, and he got Napoleon Hill to dedicate 20 years of his life to go around and interview 500 of the wealthiest people in the world. So like Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, the Wright brothers, all these guys and come up with this book called think and grow rich. And it's all based on success principles, how to earn a lot of money. And in this book, it's all about these like very spiritual concepts that all of them talk about. Like they talk about the law of attraction, like attitude, imagination, faith, auto-suggestion, all these things we're talking about when you think about these people the 500 wealthiest people in the world you think they're going to talk about like business strategies and like how to hire and all this stuff but no it's all just about like visualizing and like holding the image of what you want so it's uh, if the 500 wealthiest people in the world are doing it then obviously there's some truth to it I,
0: and that book personally changed everything for me as well it gave me a whole it's my number one recommend book like that changed everything for me absolutely
1: big time. Yeah. It's uh, it's an amazing book. And it really started personal development, like the Tony Robbins, Peter Sage, uh, Bob Proctor, all those guys, like it's all based on thinking to grow rich. So um, like you said, that's, that's my number one book too, that I recommend.
0: And let's hear these C type goals. Now I'm waiting to hear these. I I, I, I can't wait. It's a good example. Let's hear it.
1: <laughs> so I've been making C type goals one year out now. Um, just so I can see it and visualize it a bit better. So for Bo, for a construction company, I want to do $10 million in sales with me not being involved in the business whatsoever. Me and my partner, Jay, not being involved in the business at all. So it just running itself completely 100% at a good profit margin. And then for Results Club, I want to bring in one sale a day. So bring in one person every day consistently, whether that's through ads campaigns, whether it's through just like me reaching out to people, I want to bring in one person a day. So that's our goals right now. And, and in results too like why I have those goals are they're really like personally fulfilling to me too. Like the stuff we do with results in this material. And I, I didn't get into it too much on how I got into consulting with Parker, but like we were in the same, we knew each other in high school and we're kind of just like drinking buddies. Lost touch, four years later, we end up in the same mastermind group and kind of going in the same direction from the same city. Both wanted to be PGI consultants and we're like, like, let's partner up. And it's just crazy what's happened from there. And like, I got so much out of it when I took my first course from Bob and so did Parker. And like Bo's going well, like we're making enough money, that's fine. And I'm really doing this and Parker is too, just because like we believe in the material so much and it's changed our lives so much when we take people through it, it's changed their lives so much. It's just so cool to share with people. So that that one sale a day is is really like a personal goal for me too, just because like I get so much fulfillment seeing people go through that program because it changes their lives like night and day.
0: And now, so you've touched on um, the Results Club a few times now and that you and Parker uh, do consulting. Tell everybody more about that. Like, what is the Results Club? What do, uh, like, you know, what can people expect and what does it uh, help people
1: with? Yeah, so we started it, it's probably close to a year now, which is crazy to think about. But um, me and Parker, so we, we have a company called Results Club and what we're doing is, we're pretty much getting like-minded entrepreneurs to to go through a program that Bob created called thinking into results and it focuses on your mindset. So really picking a goal and showing you how to get it. And we focus on the stuff from think and grow rich. So it's all very heavy mindset based. And I'm a firm believer in you need a little bit of the know-how too. like, fine, you can meditate and like wait for checks in the mail and try and visualize them. But, As much as you want them to come, they're not going to come. You need a little bit of know-how too. So I've taken some of the business knowledge that I've learned and we've been creating a a business package too with thinking into results. So the really powerful thing with it is as an entrepreneur, it's freaking lonely. Like it's hard to talk to your, your friends about it because if you're not an entrepreneur, you don't really get it. You don't really, I always use the analogy, like back in the day, I'd try and talk to people about like not making payroll. And one of my friends would always say, like, oh, like, did your staff, like, work the hours? It's like, well, yeah. He's like, well, then you got to pay them. No, you don't understand. Like, I'm not getting paid by the client. So I don't have any money in the bank account. I can't pay them. It's like, well, no, you got to find a way to pay them. Like, they work the hours. So to have a group of entrepreneurs that really understands what you're going through is so powerful because you don't really have those people in your day-to-day life on, like, how to talk to that or how to talk about that stuff. Because when you tell them that stuff, you almost feel like worse and you feel like, oh shit, I really shouldn't be doing this. But when you talk to like-minded individuals that have gone through it, you're like, oh yeah, no, I am on the right path. And like, he's done it before and this has happened to him. This is how he got through it and builds up your confidence. So when you have a group like that, it really becomes like a family. And then, Going through some of this material is like there's so many insights in it. Like Bob's been studying it for like 57, 58 years, and when you have people that are all going after big goals, like-minded people, very smart individuals, like the insights you get from from the material and bounce off each other, like the conversations you have are insane. And then uh, mix it with some business skill set too. Like it's a it's a recipe for for greatness.
0: And I can most definitely vouch for the results club. Like that's um, you know, that's originally how we started um, getting to know each other a lot more. Obviously Um, you were first uh, a business partner, second mentor, third friend and uh, through the results club, that's, that's what got me through a lot of the bad times as well. The hard times, for sure. Um, Having those C type goals, but then also having that community, like Mm -hmm. what you're talking about with that community is huge um when you're when you're with like-minded people because like you said you do need to be careful on um on who is in your community and what you're sharing stuff with right like some of some of the stuff that i've called uh, you you on or other people in the results club i would say hey i'm having this problem like oh i just know what to do there's a bunch of answers hey i have also been through it or hey this is how you should get through it or how you can get through it where if i was to tell other people that say aren't in business or are like-minded They might, same thing like you're saying, be like, oh, man, what are you going to do? That's not good. Like, wait, what? This is what's going on? Oh, no. And it's going (laughs) to, like you said, it's going to scare you. And that's why I feel like, um, uh, personally, the Results Club, as well as other mentorship groups I've been a part of, it's like an escape because a lot of people, you know, their surroundings, it's for a lot of young people, especially that are listening that want to get into entrepreneurship and get into business. I think the, I mean, you might probably think this too, Graham, that the best thing to do is probably first find that peer group and find that program, you know, so then you then you then you you know, you can build off that. So um, for the results club, what kind of who's your ideal client, like if somebody's listening right now, and let's say like they're 19, or let's say they're 24, or let's say they're even in their 30s. Let's yeah. say they're like thinking about getting into business, they like, you know, want to, and they're just kind of trying to figure things out. Would you, is that the type of person that should get into it, or is it somebody that's already like started, or is it yeah. both?
1: Yeah, both. Like it, whether you're looking to get into business, whether you're looking to take that entrepreneurial jump, like you mentioned, Tyler, like it's so important to have that peer group, and you'll learn that once you actually take the jump. And it's really good to have that group going forward. And then also, yeah, if you have a business, like I mentioned, it's it's pretty lonely out there. So if you're able to have that community, have mentors to kind of lean on, and I like by no means have I gone through it all, but people in that group that are there with all that knowledge and all the clients, we, I don't know how many clients we've had, maybe 60, 70, with that group, I guarantee your problem is going to get solved if you ask around. So whether you're just starting out in business, whether you're in business, there's, there's a place for you, like mindset you can always improve on. Like it's, it's insane how much personal development has changed my life. And I know Parker would say the same and probably you as well. Like it's, yeah, it's crazy once you dive into it, like the sense of purpose you get, you're just so much more aligned with your goals and like, you really have a vision for where you're going in life because so many people just get so complacent in life and they just, before the, Bob always says, lots of people tiptoe to their grave. And once you dive into personal development, you're just going to be so much more excited about life.
0: That's huge. That is huge. And if people want to um, find out more about this and connect with you uh, regarding the Results Club, where can they go? Do you guys got a website or social media yeah. or...
1: Yeah, we got a website. It's join.resultsclub.ca. Uh, also just like reach out to me on Facebook. I'd be happy to have a chat. Even if it's not about joining, you just want to talk about business, see if I can help in any way, reach out to me on Facebook. It's just Graham Bouvier. Send me uh, a message on there and can hop on a call. Awesome. But, uh, and I'm I will,
0: I there. will, dr- I will drop those links as well in the podcast there so people can uh, oh. easily find that. Um, So that's perfect. And, uh, last question I have here, and then I'm going to let you go is what is the best advice you would give a young entrepreneur right now?
1: Hmm. I feel like I should make it a little systems based just because we've been talking about that a lot. For me, like the biggest impact I had was probably joining BTA and, and the personal development too. So I would say two things. I'd say, make sure that the goal you have, you're really passionate about it and you have a goal. So during those downtimes and the ups and downs of just entrepreneurship, you're still going to be passionate. You're still going to want to go after your goal. And then also try and clone yourself, try and create systems, try and create structure in your business so you can get out of your company and really enjoy what you want to be doing. Like whether it's focusing on sales in your business, focusing on marketing, what you're really passionate about. Once you're able to kind of hire other people and create systems and structure, you create freedom. And that's, that's why everybody goes into entrepreneurship and business is to create freedom, whether it's financially, whether it's time, freedom, location, freedom. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you create structure, hire the right people, and really get out of your own way. Like we mentioned, like don't be the bottleneck in your business.
0: I love it. I love it, Graham. Thank you so much uh, for all the valuable insights. Thank you so much for um, uh, coming on. And uh, like we mentioned, anybody that wants to connect with Graham or learn more about the results club and what he has to offer, just want to chat with him. We'll put some links um, in the description or somewhere here so you guys can get them. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Graham.
1: Thanks a lot for having me. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, we'll talk to you soon.
1: Talk to you soon.